Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello there and welcome to episode 108 of the Benzo Free Podcast. I am your host, D. And this is the first of a two-part episode on surgery and benzos. I recorded this one over a two-week period, prepping for a surgical procedure and during the recovery. I had about three and a half hours of recordings. I don't know how that happened. Got a little carried away and I edited it down to a little under two hours and put it into two episodes. We talk about all kinds of subjects from the anxiety leading up to a medical procedure, about um, hope, about pain, about symptoms, um, about medication and whether or not to take benzos during a procedure. We talk about all kinds of things. I recorded this because I thought maybe it might be helpful to others who are going through medical procedures or other complications in their life that causes anxiety. Please remember that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. If you want to hear part two of this episode, or this two episode of this series, please um, check out episode 109 on the website. This is 108, and we're going to get it kicked off right now. Thanks for joining us. So here, here's the deal. I have surgery scheduled for a week from today or seven days from today. Um, on October 7th. It is foot surgery. I had similar surgery done about 12 years ago, I'm guessing, back when I was still on benzos. On my left foot, it went well, and it's been very successful. The surgery is just to go in, and I have um, like bone on bone in a joint, so it's not pretty, and with arthritis and bone spurs and all kinds of stuff. So they go in, they clean it up, they shave things down, they help to try to regrow some um, ligaments or cartilage in there if they can and that kind of thing. So it's called a chylectomy. So it's not a, it's not a major surgery as far as surgeries go. I know there's a lot more, more major surgeries that many of you have gone through that I've gone through in the past. This is more minor. It's outpatient surgery. I'll be coming home a few hours after surgery. It'll be general anesthesia. So I will be, you know, knocked out for it. But it's a procedure. It's a medical procedure. And that's, I think, what I wanted to talk about was dealing with medical procedures while you're still in bind or even just have severe anxiety. How do we get through those? Now, and one of the reasons this is really relevant is that back when I was in the earlier stages of um, benzo withdrawal, when I was really dealing with severe anxiety, I had scheduled a medical procedure at that time, and my anxiety got so extreme leading up to it, I had to cancel it and try to reschedule it a different time. 
And, and the the I want to say the funny thing, but that's not funny. The unique thing about that, or the 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 real downside of that, is that that also then creates an event in your mind. You know what I'm talking about? Like almost like a mini PTSD moment. I I don't want to I don't want to water down PTSD because I do that by saying that, but a, a traumatic moment in your brain because all that anxiety happened for so long and I was having sleepless nights and I was having, you know, many panic attacks and all that kind of stuff. Many of you know what I'm talking about. And I had to either, you know, try to keep pushing through or I had to cancel and try a different time. And thus I decided to postpone it. Anyway, since I have been off of benzos, I haven't had any major medical procedures. This will be the first one. And I thought this might be an opportunity to take you along for the journey and share my emotions, share my struggles, share my successes of this procedure and the feelings I have and what I'm dealing with leading up to it. I'm hoping this will turn into a a, a good podcast because I think I think it's good for us all to share the dailies, the daily stuff, the daily crap, the daily experiences we go through with each other because we don't often talk about these. But what is it like for somebody with anxiety or even moderate to severe, and mine's still there, to go through something like this? And I thought that would be interesting. So anyway, so this is kicking off. This is my day seven, seven days out entry. And um, one of the reasons why it's important, I kind of wanted to start a week out. I thought that way I could kind of update you as I go along. But also, today I got the call from the nurse to prep. Basically, she's asking me if I have conditions. I can ask her questions. And it sent me into some anxiety, I'll be honest. Um, I'm a little better now as I'm working. And, you know, the more I keep busy and I'm working on editing the previous podcast, it's always good to keep your mind busy. But after that call, and it was a busy day, and I had a meeting, and I was trying to prep for the meeting. I wasn't quite prepped for the meeting with our research team, and, and all these things happened. So I was already stressed. And then that call came, and then I wanted to log down the notes of the call, of things I can do and can't do, and what I can eat and what I can't drink, and what's the pre-op like, and what's the post-op like. And, and some of those things aren't always great when you're talking about them, so they, they create some anxiety. I am an anxious person, I have anxiety, and thus I react more strongly to events in my life. Now I am working on, and I have made progress in how I respond to those events, but I respond more strongly than the average person, and I think most of you out there can relate. And I know some of you have shared with me, you've had medical procedures, you've had, you know, some of you have dealt with cancer, some of you have dealt with loss of a loved, you know, huge major life stresses. So I'm not at all putting this up there. This is an average life stressor. It's not a major one. It's not a minor one. It's an average one. But I thought that's kind of perfect. It's probably good to deal with an average one and see, see how it turns out. So so that's my intro. That's what I'm talking about. On day seven right now, I'm dealing with some anxiety. Um, it's a little better, like I said, but, you know, the best thing I do is probably distraction at this point. The less I think about it, 
then the less I build. But I went to my pre-op appointment. I had a pre-op appointment with the foot surgeon last on Wednesday of this week, so a few days ago. And, and in my head, I knew they did surgery on Tuesdays and Fridays. And so in my head, I was hoping that he would say, oh yeah, we have this Friday open, two days. Because I knew, I knew that my worst enemy was time. I didn't want more time to obsess. I didn't want more time to think about all the things that could go wrong. I didn't want more time to think about, did I tell the doctor about this or about this or, 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 or did I have an answer to this? That's what my brain does. It cycles through those things. It finds, it's that, what I call a heat-seeking missile kind of thing where it's looking for something. It's constantly looking for something to be afraid of, to be worried about to obsess about. So this time I'm going to do my best to stick with it um, and go out. But it's I think one of the things that happens is once you schedule something like that, especially when they want us to pay in advance for part of it, so once you do that, you feel locked in. And I, I was telling my wife that today, that, and I don't know how this is going to progress over the next seven days, but I feel... I think feeling trapped is one of my biggest fears. And I'm seeing that more and more. This isn't one I had before. wasn't one I had while I was on the drugs. It's one that's more developed in bind, in protracted withdrawal. But it's that feeling of trapped. And and as I dived into that feeling trapped, like, like I'm locked into the surgery and now I can't cancel it. Although I could, but I really, there's consequences for canceling it at this point. So I really want to go through with it. And I need the surgery. I've been walking on this semi, you know, bum foot with, in pain for like two years now. And finally I need to get the surgery. But, but there's fear. You know, that's really what it all comes down to. There's fear. It's what we deal with when we're anxious. I'll be back soon. Morning, Saturday, six days until surgery, and it's 2.11 a.m. Lying in bed, not too surprised to be awake. Insomnia kicking in. Not too bad not freaking out or anything, just mid-level anxiety of surgery. You know how it is. I'm, my mind is going through all the different things that could go wrong, all the different things I need to do. And I think about we, we signed up to be the dog sitting for a pretty active dog. Um, when I come back from surgery, so that's going to be tricky. It's hard to get it out of my mind. I know the best thing I can do right now is to keep busy and keep distracted. But it's morning. And mornings are in my opinion, always the worst for anxiety and fear. 
you know, I know I still have six days and these are not going to be a pleasant six days in my life. And this is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous because if I could just put it out of my brain, I could enjoy the next six days normally as I normally do and then go through the procedure, which I'm sure will go fine. And then do the recovery, which I'm not worried about the recovery, but, you know, it'll be painful for a little bit, but it's not, you know, I, I don't mind the pain so much after the procedure. It's it's more the fear of what might go wrong, and it's the fear of not doing all the steps right, you know, like, you know, all the things you got to do to prep and stuff, and I'm going to do something wrong. Part of the fear is me just screwing up. And I hate to admit it, I feel weak. Anxiety feels weak, and it shouldn't, and it's not. And I've talked about this before, we're not weak. We process fear differently than other people. Some of it's psychological, some of it's even physiological. It's... um how we're wired now, especially for those of us in bind, in benzodiazepine, you know, protracted state. I don't have the brakes. I've talked about that before where I got the gas pedal and I can rev myself up just great, but the brakes aren't working as well. Now they are definitely working better than they were, you know, several years ago, a few years ago for me but they're still not working 100%. And I need to fall back on tools and management tools and some meditation and other things to try to get myself to handle that fear and that looping thoughts and that cycle that drives us crazy. Oh, I hate that. And I know so many of you do too. I know this is crazy. Because I'm the only one doing this to me. And if I could just have that switch, that I could turn it off and not let it bother me for the next week. God, wouldn't that be nice? Just turn off the switch. This isn't that big of a thing. But boy, can my brain blow it out of proportion. And the fear, honestly, not even, the greater fear of this procedure is not having it. The greater fear is that I'm going to cancel. That the anxiety is going to get too bad. I'm going to have a miserable next four or five days. And then a day or two beforehand, I can't take it. And I cancel it. That's the bigger fear for me. I really wanted to share this with you because I just wanted to share with you that I'm going through this too. And some of this is bind. Some of this is the damage I know from benzodiazepines. But some of this is also just me not having maybe all the anxiety management tools that I thought I had. And, and a lot of this is just, it's little after two in the morning. And I'm freaking out a bit. 
and that's typical. It's just anxiety. It's just fear. It's not going to kill me. And it's going to be elevated for the next week, and I need to adapt to that, accept it, and just push through and get this done. It's funny because when people ask me, or I say, you know, I can't be there like next week I got surgery or, you know, I've told a few people like, cause I got to cancel a meeting and I got to do other things and I'll be out for a little bit in recovery. And I say, oh, it's just surgery. It's a minor surgery. It's just a foot surgery. It's not a big deal. It's just outpatient. You know, I've had it before, which I have, I had it on my left foot 12 years ago. So been through this before. Of course, I was through that when I was still on benzos. <laughs> I'm a little bit different now. But I play it down when I tell other people that it's minor not to worry about it because that's the me I want to put out there. That I'm cool, I got this, not a big deal, I'm strong. And of course, inside that little hamster is running that wheel as fast as he can. You know, don't don't look behind the curtain. We hide our our true feelings so much. Again, I know so many of you are going through so much more severe things than I am. And I'm not trying to play this up as if it's some big deal. It's just in my brain I blow it out of proportion that it is. I'm going to be fine. I know I'm going to get through this, but this is a benzo morning. And I have some anxiety. It's me again. It's still Saturday, and it is 5.07 in the morning. I'm doing a little bit better. Hang on a second. Had my night guard in. <laughs> have to take that out to be able to talk a little better. Yes, I wear a night guard. I'm sure some of you do too. They, with anxiety and stress and overnight, um, I did some damage on my teeth and the night guard does help protect my teeth now. So hopefully I'll have less crowns in the future from grinding during the middle of the night. But anyway, that's not why I'm recording this. Um, I still haven't slept. So instead I decided to watch a movie and I wanted to share that with you real quick because it's um brightened my day it's um brightened my night i guess <laughs> but it changed my attitude and sometimes um that helps um i i will like on occasion read a book or listen to a real good podcast or book on tape that i know is inspirational or watch a movie that i know might help my my um overall mood and I think all of us do that sometime. Today's movie was um, regarding Henry. I've seen it several times before. This is a movie starring Harrison Ford and Annette Bening. And it's one of my all-time faves. If you haven't seen it, it's about a high-powered lawyer who um, is all about work and status and everything. And his wife and daughter. And then he gets shot. And it's serious. And so he goes through a very long rehab of learning how to talk again and walk again and 
and trying to remember who he was and and it changes his life and it changes his life for the better and it's so it's so related in my mind to it's so similar in my mind to benzos and benzo withdrawal and bind and it's a good reminder that um in this movie there was a line about he's talking to his friend who was his physical therapist who when he was having a hard time came to visit him and he sh and the physical therapist shared a story about himself when he was playing football in college and then he blew out his knees and football was everything to him and he couldn't be a football player anymore but he remembered when he tried to rehabilitate the physical therapist for him was really helpful and he shares that story with Harrison Ford's character and he says now ask me if um if I'm sorry that I, you know, my knees got blown out and he said he wasn't because he now is a physical therapist and that Harrison's Ford character now can walk and talk and do all these things in part because of him and that really hit me because that's what I think a lot of us do and a lot of us find new ways of being after this and it may be like myself and some other ones that I work with where we go back and try to help other people who are going through this and it may not it may be in a totally different area it might be in a you know you might be a like Harrison Ford was a high power lawyer and now you decided to be an artist or you decided to go back and teach school or you decided to be a swim coach <laughs> or whatever it is that you've had a passion for um, or maybe a new passion for but we change personalities change during this time and it's not necessarily bad there can be a lot of good out of it my life has changed for the better I think change scares us, especially complete lifestyle change that benzos can do to us. It's frightening. It's terrifying. It's the unknown. But change isn't necessarily bad. It's not good. It's, it's just change. The good and the bad is what we do with it. It brought me closer to my wife. It brought me closer to members of my family. I now pay more attention to people in my life than I used to. A lot of parallels with, I think, this Harrison Ford character. And, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, you might want to check it out. It's called Regarding Henry. I teared up at the end of it because I felt for the character, but mostly I see myself a lot in and what he went through, relearning how to live, learning how to be. And I think that's important. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know that. So I think I'll probably get up here in about 30 minutes or an hour and Go for an early morning walk, which I like to do when I'm not sleeping much. And clear my head. 
and start the day fresh. Thanks for listening. I'll check in with you again really soon. All right, I'll go downstairs and log these in and be back up. Oh. Hello there. This is deep. It is Sunday and it is six days. Or five days. God, I can't. Five days <laughs> until my surgery. Checking back in with you. You can tell I'm doing pretty well. Actually, my in-laws came over, my Shanna's folks, um, to watch the game and do some pizza and stuff like that. So that'll be kind of fun. And um, I'm heading downstairs to log some DVDs in. He finds some DVDs at different um, um, auctions around the way and so and brings some over for us sometimes <laughs> and I collect them. So I like movies. I can't help it. You can tell. My spirit's pretty good, and I just wanted to touch base with you all and let you know, um, you know, especially that things are good a lot of the time. It's not, I got surgery coming up. I know that anxiety the other day, I didn't sleep well. Last night, I slept a little better. I still was up for, up until midnight, and I slept till four. Then I was in and out, so maybe I had gotten four or five hours, so I did better. And I think it'll get better. It was interesting. Last night... And I'm sure, again, I think as many of you can relate to this, last night wasn't um, mental anxiety or I wasn't aware of anxiety that was causing or keeping me awake. It was more um, electricity running through my body. I had that again where I was just, I felt like the, you know, the energy was just rushing through me, excuse me, um, was rushing through me and I, I couldn't sleep. I kept, I was tired. And yet I had this energy like it was learning through my bloodstream. I think I've had this before. You know, this is bind. Um, it's not necessarily ecstasia because I'm not feeling like I have to move. It's just I got this energy running through, electricity running through. And I think a lot of you know what that's like. It links in with brain zaps and it links in with all this other stuff. But um, I've had that. I tried to nap earlier in the day yesterday, too. And I just could not nap. I was tired and I wanted to, but I just the energy and last night, same thing. Don't know what's causing that. Um, don't know if it's maybe underlying anxiety of the surgery coming up on Friday or if it's um, maybe my diet again. Um, who knows? Or if it's, you know, this long COVID tying in with bind. God, you all know that the confusion drives us nuts and it drives me nuts too. So, but I just wanted to share that with you. But I also wanted to share with you today. It's like yesterday was a good day actually. And I was pretty up and I wasn't worried about things and I had moments, but it's a good day. And today is starting out a good day. I got football on. I got the, my Broncos team at 225 and then my Chiefs team at 6 p.m. tonight. I got both games today. Um, I'm both a Kansas City Chiefs fan and a Denver Broncos fan. And um, I live in Denver now, but I grew up in Kansas City. So that's why I'm fans of those two teams. In fact, I have flags for both teams. And right now the Broncos flag is out. When that game's over, I will switch it out for the Kansas City flag. When they play each other, then I just, I explode and I get confused. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure I mixed in that most of my days right now are actually positive and pretty good. It's not bugging me too much. You know, honestly, I think when I had that medical procedure a while back or had the one scheduled that I canceled, it was like almost nonstop anxiety, nonstop worry. 
This one, I have some techniques that I can use. I have some anxiety management tools. Um, I'm using some distraction. I'm keeping busy. So far, so good. I'm doing okay. I'm actually looking forward to getting the surgery and getting it done because I'm looking forward to my foot being fixed. But I'm really looking forward to spending a day with my folk, with my in-laws. Um, we play some cards. We get some pizza. We watch some football. Um, we do this like every other Sunday, and it's a lot of fun. So I'm actually looking forward to that, and especially now that both my folks are gone. Um, it's nice to still have Shanna's parents to be um, to spend some time with, and, and I really get along with them well. And that's a blessing and a godsend, and I know that, and I'm very grateful for that, and I want to make sure... Anyway, um, I'm going to sign off here. I just wanted to touch base and let you know what I'm doing. I'll probably touch base with you again tomorrow and keep this going. We'll see where we wind up. Talk to you soon. It is me again. This is D. It is four days till my surgery, uh, Monday morning. And I'm going through my normal routine. I just finished um, doing a, a good size walk. Um, we have a, I have a carbon fiber plate in my shoe, which helps keep it straight. And that does help me be able to walk more, but, um, you know, it'll be nice to get it fixed. <laughs> um, so came back, had breakfast, played Wordle with my wife, kind of our routine while we're eating breakfast. And then, um, I'm, I'm in the living room now for my meditation. I, um, try to do that as a routine in the morning before I shower and get moving, but I have to admit I wasn't great at that for a long time. Like many things, like my diet and other stuff, I let some things go. And I've been trying to get back to the basics. And for me, that's diet, um, exercise, and meditation, maybe even some yoga. But those are things that are important to me to keep me healthy. And I know I need to get back to them. And getting prepped for the surgery is a good time for me to do that. So so doing well there. But um, I, I miss the days when I meditated regularly. I, just the mindset that it created. And it it's almost like... A, you know, like I talk about the anxiety tools will help you and they'll carry with you. And meditation's one of those. And it's almost like a suit of armor a little bit in that it protects you from some panic attacks and some severe anxiety. And I, I remember where I was meditating so regularly that, you know, if I was at the DMV or you know, waiting my car to get repaired and I had an extra 30 minutes or something and I had to sit there with nothing else to do, which... But back then when I was meditating regularly, I would just sit and go, okay, I'll just meditate for 30 minutes. I would sit in the chair and I would do a sitting meditation. I'd find a focal point out in the distance. I would focus on it and I would calm myself down and meditate. And I enjoyed it. I mean, my meditation, in fact, now my meditations that I'm doing in the morning, oh, they're really enjoyable. And I forgot how good it feels to have a good meditation. It's so easy to let our days get busy and forget about. If you like to meditate and you found it helpful but are having trouble finding the time to do it, one thing a counselor of mine told me a long time ago is said is just block out five minutes a day. Any of us can find five minutes a day. And even if that's all you do, that's still five minutes and that's good to have it there. But most of the time, once you start meditating and you've done five minutes, you, we are, not what you, but we usually keep going. I keep going. Um, and I'll go to 10, 15, sometimes 30 minutes. I'm back again. It's just me. And it is still Monday. I just finished my meditation. And I just wanted to record something real quick and say I'm feeling half the stress I did before.
It's a really good tool. If you haven't tried it, you might check it out. One of the things I do want to mention about meditation to keep in mind is that perfectionism is not allowed in meditation. <laughs> Trust me. I have a lot of voices in my head and my, my mind wanders constantly during meditation. And as I've mentioned on, on our podcasts, when your mind wanders, just gently bring it back to what your focus was without judgment. If it's focused on your breathing, bring it back to that. If it's focused on the sound around you, if it's focusing on um, a mantra or, or an idea or something, just bring it back gently. And you may do this dozens of times. That's okay. Over time, those times might reduce and you might be a little more focused. But judgment has no place here. Successful meditation means you actually stopped to do it. Even just five minutes. That's success. And a lot of people say, well, I can't, I can't meditate. Yeah, you can if you want to. You just try. Trying to meditate is meditating. It's success. No judgment. The more you do it, the better you'll get. I'm ADHD. I have things running in my mind constantly, and I never turn off all the voices, ever. But I bring down the number of voices every now and then. Not voices, but distracted thoughts, I guess, is what I'm trying to refer to. The number of times my mind wanders onto something else, which happens constantly. But when I meditate, and after I meditate, I do a little less of that. And that is the success of meditation. I do want to talk a, just a second about um, the levels of anxiety we have, because I know so far, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing much better than I thought I would be when I first scheduled this surgery last Wednesday at an appointment I had with the surgeon. And um, anxiety hit me right away. And then Friday, I had a call with the pre-op nurse and I had to go through all the procedures. And that's what kind of got my anxiety real, really you know, up a little bit because they go through all the checklists and all the things that you haven't done and all the different things you have to sign. And that stuff can can be triggering, as we know. And it did get me, and I was worried, and I had a sleepless night or two, and I was um, heading down a rabbit hole. And I think a few years ago in withdrawal, I would have kept going down that rabbit hole, and it would have gotten pretty ugly. And I may still be going down a rabbit hole at some point. Oh, that's my phone reminding me of a meeting, so I better stop this pretty soon shower and get to my meeting but but what i'm trying to say is that i understand i'm eight years off benzodiazepines and thus i'm much better and so managing this anxiety is much i don't say much easier but is easier for me than it would have been three four six years ago by far and that's how far I've come. Good morning. It is a little after 4 a.m. 
three days until surgery. It is Tuesday. Once you wake up, your brain kicks in and the worry, you know, kicks in. I had a conversation with my wife um, yesterday. I was getting a little irritable because I think my mind's on this and that makes me a little more irritable when she was saying something and I said that, you know, well, this is this is bugging me and this and this and and she said, well, I'm just not sure what I can say without setting you off and I apologized and said, you know, I don't mean to be that way this week. It's just, um, and, and I finally shared with her, I said, look, it's, I have this constant anxiety and worry about, you know, everything. <laughs> and this procedure is just one of them. But especially right now, it's this, this surgery. And I hate being that person. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I'm that weak. And I know I talk about this many times and we're not weak. It's not our fault. Having this anxiety, this chronic anxiety, especially for those of us with the benzos and the complications of bind, I know it's not our fault that we um, have this worry, this anxiety, this chronic fear. But it's embarrassing. I'm a growing man in his mid-50s, and I should be much better than this. I should be much stronger than this. At least that's what runs through my head. And I know a lot of you can relate to that. Well, on that note, I'm going to sign off for today, or at least for this bit and um and i'll touch base with you soon thanks it is still tuesday and it's about 7 15 a.m and i had a couple of thoughts i just wanted to put down on the recorder real quick number one i realized that all this trying to get through this next step this surgery is part of exposure therapy for me i've talked about getting back out there and expanding that box when we're able we need to protect ourselves and distract ourselves and put some boundaries in place when things are extreme. But as we heal and as we improve, especially within the confines of benzo withdrawal and bind, I think it's important for us to start to expand and get back out there so we can try to build back to a, a good and healthy and happy life. For me, getting past this surgery is an accomplishment. I think it's going to show that I can do this. And that makes other ones. Um, I can take on other things. I can take on bigger complications. I can take on bigger tasks. Each step is a step in the right direction. So I don't have to have this surgery done right now. I've put it off for two years. I could put it off for another six months or a year. I the downside of that is I, I would still be damaging my joint, um, the joint in my big toe, and I would, um, and of course I'd still be in pain <laughs> walking, and I'd still be limited in what I do, and there's a lot of downsides. But there's also, if I cancel it now, then I'm also setting up the precedence that I can't do things. So getting through this is really important because it sets that 
mindset for me that I can get through difficult events in my life. Every time we back away, like I did several years ago on a medical procedure, every time we step back and cancel, we set that up in our brain as I couldn't do that. And this brings up the second topic that I think is one I've realized many times in the past, and it hit me again this morning. And I think many of you have also seen this probably in yourselves. With this upcoming medical procedure, and, and much like all other events that we are stressed about, things in our life that we don't want to do, my real fear, the core fear, the the fear that's 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 really keeps me up at night and things, is not about the procedure. It's not about the prep. It's not about the recovery. It's not about the pain. It's actually about the anxiety. It's, it's, I have all this anxiety about my anxiety. It's the fear that my anxiety is going to get so bad, I'm going to have to cancel it, or I'm going to freak out, or I'm going to have problems, or it's going to be miserable the, the week leading up to the surgery. I'm going to be in constant agony with worry and anxiety and insomnia and all these kinds of stuff. And that has happened in the past. And it's happened some to some degree with this. But that's, that's, that's the fear. That's the anxiety of the anxiety, which is so utter ridiculous. <laughs> but it's real and it's there. And I'm sure there's the third and fourth layer of the anxiety of the anxiety of the anxiety. <laughs> And, and anxiety that, you know, we could keep going on, but this is so crazy. And I think we have to find ways to laugh at it and see the ridiculous nature sometimes of what we're experiencing and, and hoping that that might bring it down a peg or two, make it more bearable and, and maybe realize this is ridiculous. This would be so much simpler if I did not have a problem with anxiety. So much simpler. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I better go. Gotta go for a walk. And I will touch base with you again soon. Hello there. It is uh, Wednesday. Two days until the surgery. It's about 3.45 p.m. It feels like a race sometime. Not a race. What What's the term I'm looking for? feels like I'm being chased. That's probably more accurate. When you have that chronic anxiety, sometimes you're not even thinking about it, but it's just there. You know what I'm talking about? That the pressure, the, the tightness, and it exhausts you sometimes. I and mean, if you're really, really anxious all day long, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm just beat at the end of the day. I can be just beat. In fact, it's 3.45 in the afternoon, and I'm laying in, in bed right now, <laughs> taking about a 30-minute break just to regroup. I was writing an email for the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group, and um, I just wasn't focusing, and I wasn't, and I was just like every, you know, thing I had to look up and everything I was trying to write was just like pulling teeth, and I finally decided I needed to step away um, and just rest for a bit and see if I could nap for 
30 minutes or something and then try to go back to it. It's tiring. And I think most people who don't know have that chronic anxiety, whether it's, you know, GAD or chronic anxiety you've had your whole life or it's caused by benzodiazepines. They don't understand how exhausting being anxious most of the time or all the time really is. Thankfully, I'm not like that most of the time, but I am some of the time. I think that's all I had. So I will touch base soon. Thanks. No, you know, one of the things that can help with getting us through this, um, finding that courage, is having somebody to be courageous for. I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier, if I didn't, but I mentioned earlier that sometimes I visualize, you know, um, a young boy or girl that also is going through what I'm going to go through and being strong for that person. Now, I have to visualize because mm, I don't have children myself. Um, but for those of you who do have kids, I'm sure that um, being strong for them is something you do every day. Um, it's something you have to do. There are times when they're fearful of things and you might be fearful too. Um, and, and I know this because I've done this for my nieces and nephews. And at different times, I have six nieces and nephews and um, was part of uh, many of their lives as they grew up. But you don't always show your fear and you need to kind of, I guess not suppress, but push it aside for a while while you help them um, be strong. And you can be strong for others. And I also want to be strong for my wife and be strong for my family and be strong for my friends. And be strong for me. But sometimes I think having somebody to be strong for can help you get through things. It's, it's somebody else to focus on besides yourself. I know one of the things my wife really wants to do is do more hiking. And I'd love to do more hiking with you. I, I might have mentioned that before. But that's something I know is big for her. And I've not been able to do it for a while because of my foot. So that's doing this for somebody else too. And it, I think it helps sometimes kind of push through these things to realize this isn't just about me. It's about other people in my life. I'll catch you in a bit. Good morning. It is Thursday, one day until my surgery. It's the morning and I'm out for a walk. Still doing pretty good. Last night was restless. I was up several times, but I did get back to sleep. Um, listening to a book on tape helped. I have a novel I'm listening to right now. That's kind of interesting. And so um, things to distract me and things to keep my mind occupied do help during times like this, I think, as so many of us have learned. I think one of the things that I'm really happy about is I've gotten this far. And that's something else. We talked about gratitudes. We talked about everything else. But I've gotten this far. I am one day out of the surgery. And I really thought there was a decent chance that I would have canceled the surgery by now or seriously contemplated canceling the surgery by now. And I haven't. Not once. That's huge for me. That is huge for me. And I'm sharing this because I don't think maybe enough on this show I share about how far I've come and the success I've had. Because I know many of you see my path and think this might be your path too. And I get that. And I just want to share with you that 
I'm making a lot of progress. Yes, I'm eight years out. Yes, it took me a long time to get here. But I say it, and I'll keep saying it, I've come so far. It is still Thursday, and I wanted to, wanted to check in real quick. Um, just something just happened. And, and one of the things that um, I deal with a lot, I don't know if the rest of you do, but maybe you do, is they need to control situations because anything that goes wrong will upset our anxiety and it makes every life a lot harder. So we try to control. We try to control the situation so that we don't have these things happen to us um, that will trigger us. I think all of us have done that. For the surgery, that's one thing. I mean, I planned out, I scheduled out things that I needed to get done. This is how it's going to work. I run through it several times in my mind. What I needed to pack in the bag, what I need to do before I go, when I shouldn't eat food, even putting tape across the refrigerator and across the cupboard so I don't eat anything or drink anything after when I'm supposed to. You know, things like that to control the situation. So what happened was I called this morning and she said, yes, we'll need you here at 7.15 for your 8.45 procedure. Well, that's three hours earlier than I had planned and I had in my head. And I think it's a, it's a real good challenge. Um, it's not huge, it's minor, but still it changes that control and it teaches me a little bit I need to adapt and I need to be willing to rethink things and um, adjust to complications. So, of course, I've readjusted things now and I'm thinking through things and honestly, it's okay, gonna make it work. I'd rather have it be earlier than much later especially since you can't eat after midnight, you're going to get hungry by the time tomorrow afternoon rolls around. So earlier isn't bad. It just means we have to get up earlier. Um, we are dog sitting um, starting tonight, so we have to adjust for that and rework that um, and make different plans. And my wife has to cancel a meeting because she was going to not have to leave till after her meeting and all these things happened. But, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to learn in learning how to go with the flow. And I think that's something that is really hard for those of us who have dealt with chronic anxiety or, you know, of course, the anxiety that comes from bind and benzo withdrawal. We're going to adjust and we're going to get up earlier and we're going to head up earlier and get it done earlier. Hey, that's not a bad thing. Anyway, talk to you again in a bit. You know what? I feel good. I feel damn good. It's Thursday, day before surgery, mid-morning, and I'm in a really good mood. What the hell? <laughs> That's weird. I mean, I still have that voice in the back there, you know, hanging out. You know, it's like that, you know, I've locked up that crazy voice. I've gone, you can't be happy. You can't feel good because you got surgery coming up. And I still have that voice back there. But and I'm not blocking as much as I am just maybe a little bit of ignoring and a little bit of allowing him to be, you know, it's okay. That's fine. Yeah. I have surgery tomorrow, but God, I'm really looking forward to getting it done. I'm looking forward to having this all over, to getting my foot feeling better, to walking again, doing more exercising, um, being able to do more with it. I mean, it's a good thing. And you know, it's all about perspective in this crap. It's all about perspective, I think. Oh, but, um, also, like I said earlier, it's just how far I've come. Uh, the fact that, you know, I could have this, this long week and a half of thinking about this procedure coming up. And it's one that had stressed me out for the last year or two thinking about it. But 
And this last week has not been a bad week. I mean, I've had some somewhat sleepless nights. I've had some anxiety. I've had some downtimes. But not really much more than I normally do. And I'm feeling good. I know this may not be. I know tonight I probably won't sleep, and that's okay. Um, maybe I'll get a little sleep in here or there. I know that I'm going to have anxiety going into the surgery, and I'm going to have anxiety, you know, getting in there and stuff. I know all that. But I got my... Um, I already talked to them, and they um, are allowing me to take my iPhone into pre-op. I can't take it to the surgery, of course, but into pre-op. So I can have my iPhone with my headset listening to some meditations. Uh, I did that when I got my crowns. Um, with my, I had three crowns in a row in the middle of, of um, my taper. And um, I did that, and that got me through that. And I'm going to use that here, too. Um, so I have management techniques to do without meds. And, you know, I'm pumped. I'm excited about this, and I'm looking forward to getting this done. I'm, I'm doing much better, and I just wanted to share that with you. And that wraps up the first part of our two-part episode on surgery and benzos, the personal journey that I took through this. Before we close out, please allow me just 20 seconds for our disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical, health, or psychological advice, nor any other kind of personal or professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. And that should wrap things up. Please don't forget to check out part two of this series. It can be found on our website at easinganxiety.com or on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash benzofree. I hope you enjoy this series and I hope that it helps you out maybe through some trying times that you are facing. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.